Okay, as I mentioned in the update, I'm going to be counting down the top five most listened to episodes from seasons one and two. There have been a total of 40 episodes so far. This episode comes in at number five, and it's unique because it's really two tales crammed into one. There's a sound featured in this episode, and a few people have written and asked if I recorded the sound on the night that the story took place. I did not. I do not carry a microphone around with me. However, I did encounter a similar thing happening on another day, and I did have a microphone with me because I was trying to shoot some video of a frog calling, and so that's where the audio comes from that I use in the episode. It's not exactly the same. It's a little less dramatic, but it's close enough that it has the same effect. All right. Thanks for listening, and here is the fifth most listened to episode. Hi. I'm Rob. Tale number 17. I was standing under an oak tree at midnight. I was standing under an oak tree at midnight, talking to my friend Gordon. It wasn't exactly midnight. It was a little after. We had just finished doing a frog call survey for our local frog watch chapter. If you're not familiar with Frogwatch, I encourage you to look it up. It's a citizen science program where you monitor the local frog population during the breeding season. It's wonderful. Anyway, we had just finished up our Frogwatch session. We had walked back to our cars, and we were standing around talking when we heard this sound from the oak tree above us. I had recently heard a similar sound, and someone told me it was a catbird, so that's what I thought it was maybe, and that's what I said. Gordon said that was possible, but he didn't think it was a catbird. Regardless, we thought that our talking was bothering whatever animal was up in the tree, so we walked about 20 yards away and continued our conversation. And I remember the story I was telling him. I have a friend, and she got married. And the first time she went to her in-law's big Thanksgiving, just before they served the meal, Her husband's grandmother took her off to the side and said, you know about the special dressing, right? And she had no idea what she was talking about. And so grandma, which is what everyone called her, goes on to explain that for years, she was the one that made the cornbread dressing for the big family Thanksgiving. It was a family recipe and everyone loved it. And then Leanne, who was the wife of a cousin or something, it's not important who she was married to. She married into the family and insisted that she start making the cornbread dressing. And nobody wanted her to make the dressing, but she insisted and eventually they gave in and said, okay, you can start making the dressing for our family Thanksgiving. So Thanksgiving rolls around, Leanne has made the dressing, and everybody hates it. Okay, so I'm in the middle of telling that story to Gordon. We're still outside, it's still night, and when I'm telling a story in real life, it takes me much longer than it does on a podcast. So it's been several minutes since we moved from under the tree to stop bothering the animal that was in the tree. And so I'm telling the story and I realize whatever's in the tree has not stopped making that sound.
we turn our attention back to whatever's in the tree, and we decide whatever's making the sound seems distressed. But the cause could still be us, because I'm still standing over there talking about grandma's cornbread dressing. I decide to investigate. I get my flashlight out of my car, I walk over to the tree, I shine the light up in it, and it's a squirrel. It's standing on a branch, way up in this oak tree, looking down at me, screaming. I turn the light off, head back over to Gordon, tell him it's a squirrel. We move even further away, and I continue with the story, this time speaking a little softer because I do not want to keep bothering the squirrel. So Leanne took over making dressing from Grandma, and everybody hated it. But Grandma suspected this might be a problem, and before Thanksgiving arrived, she and some of her family members came up with a plan. She made her cornbread dressing with the family recipe that everyone loved. Then she hid it in this big walk-in pantry that they had. They also put a small trash can in the pantry. Then they set the buffet line up in the dining room. Everyone went through the line. They got their turkey, their dressing, which was Leanne's dressing, mashed potatoes, green bean casserole, whatever they had at their Thanksgiving. And then those that were in the know, they made their way to the pantry. They scooped the bad dressing into the trash can and got themselves some of grandma's dressing, which she called the special dressing. Then they left the pantry, went and got some gravy, poured it all over that dressing. No one could tell that they were eating grandma's dressing instead of Leanne's dressing. It was a complicated plan, but they pulled it off. And my friend who grandma was telling this to, she thought this had been going on for like a year, but learned they were in their seventh year of tricking Leanne. And grandma said they were doing it as like an act of kindness. It was Southern kindness. And my friend didn't really think it was very kind. So she decided to rebel. She was going to eat Leanne's dressing. So she went through the line. She got her food. She got Leanne's dressing. She put some gravy on it. She sat down and took a bite and said it was unbelievably terrible. It had a grittiness to it that was almost sandy. And it also had like a sweetness to it. And she was expecting something totally savory. She said it almost made her gag. It was so bad. When she had a chance, she made her way to the pantry and got some of Grandma's cornbread dressing. It was delicious. Okay, so there's one more part to the Thanksgiving story. And I was about to tell it to Gordon. And we had gotten caught up in it. And we were laughing a lot. And we had sort of forgotten about the squirrel. But then we hear another sound coming from the same tree that catches our attention. And as we hear that new sound, leaves begin to rain down from the tree. So I grab my flashlight, I run back over, I look up there, I see the squirrel, it's still screaming, but this time I also see an owl, and it has a baby squirrel in its mouth. This squirrel's nest was being raided by an owl, a barred owl. That's why it was screaming. The owl flies off, and the mother squirrel continues to scream. Gordon and I can do nothing but watch... Not that we would intervene or anything. Nature is brutal sometimes. When you go out at night and listen to frogs, you learn about the other animals that are out at night, and we know that there is a barred owl nest in the direction that the owl flew. So this owl is probably feeding the baby squirrels to its own babies. We turn off our light, we stand under the tree, and we listen to the squirrel wailing. And now that we're paying attention, we can hear the slightest squeak of a baby squirrel. A few minutes go by, and we hear the owl return to the squirrel's nest. Leaves fall around us. That baby squirrel stops squeaking. I shine my light up there, just in time to see the owl fly off again, 
all of the baby squirrels have been taken by the owl. And we're expecting the owl to maybe return and kill the mother, but it never does. The mother squirrel continues to wail. Baby death is much more common for squirrels than people, and who knows what it's like to be a squirrel. But it really seemed like she was crying, and she kept making that sound for like the next 10 minutes. And then we could hear her voice start to crack. She was still making the sound, but it was weaker. It was like she was losing her voice. And then, eventually, she went completely silent. This is the kind of thing that happens in nature all the time. I know that, and I knew that then, but sitting there listening to the squirrel cry, it made it all feel tragic. Also, I felt guilty that I had been sitting down there, telling this story to Gordon, laughing, smiling, while all of that was going on so close by. We didn't feel like talking much after that, so we left. I never finished telling the Thanksgiving story to Gordon, but I will finish it here. So my friend had rebelled. She had eaten Leanne's dressing and it ended up being terrible. Later that night, she was still at Grandma's house. She was eating some leftovers, and she had had a little too much to drink. And Leanne walked in, and they got to talking, and she really liked Leanne. And it just slipped out. She told her all about the secret dressing. And she thought that Leanne should let Grandma start making the dressing for Thanksgiving again. And to her surprise, Leanne agreed, because Leanne knew all about the secret dressing. She said she had known since the very first year. And she knew she wasn't a very good cook, and she wanted Grandma to take over dressing duties again. But it kept going on year after year, her making bad dressing, them hiding dressing in the pantry. She just couldn't bring herself to telling them that she knew. So she just played along. And her response feels very similar to Grandma's definition of Southern kindness. It's tempting for me to try and connect the squirrel story to the Thanksgiving story, but I'm not going to do that, and I don't even know how I would. It is interesting to me that I told it to Gordon while a bunch of baby squirrels were getting massacred just above our heads, and I think things like that happen all the time. We just happen to notice on this occasion. There's so much going on around us all the time, and we are oblivious to most of it. Rob Tells Tales is produced by me, Rob Tiffin. I had some additional editing help from Ben Lamb. The cover art is by Marcella Johnson. She also came up with the title. The end credits music is by Poddington Bear. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and at robtellstales.com. This podcast would have not been possible without Ben, Marcella, and Melanie. Thank you, and thanks for listening.